What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. The Warriors beat the Cavs last night. A lot to a little. 24-point win. Steph is Steph and only getting better. KD, solid game. Uh, nice article coming out about the Warriors' historic 24 uh, game win streak back in 2016. Going to get to all of that coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome in to Locked On Warriors. Another incredible episode for you guys. Sorry about no episode yesterday, a little work emergency, and just had no time to get one out. So I do apologize, but this one's going to be so good that it doesn't even matter. Uh, first thing I want to start with is kind of funny but also a little praise for some of the uh, Warriors, I guess. I mean, they're not Warriors. They work on the Warriors broadcast team, and specifically the, the TV broadcast team. As we all know, Tim Roy is, is I think, the best in the business personally. Uh, they're radio uh, play-by-play guy. But the, the TV announce team, I'm, in, I'm outside the Bay Area. I'm in Sacramento. I get down to as many games as possible, but... I'm I'm subject to league pass. Comcast league pass isn't great either. They only have one HD channel, which in 2018 blows my f***ing mind. So a lot of games I'm subjected to the other teams broadcast. Last night it was Cleveland's. There's other ones as well. And I just, look, I clown Fitz also because... You know, he's worth clowning. He, he does some goofy stuff. JB, not as much. But for the most part, we, we take advantage uh, of the fact that we have, in my opinion, one of the best TV announced crews. Cleveland was, oh, my God. And I've known this. I knew this last night before I, uh, you know, was started, started watching the game. They're just woof. That's That's the best way I can put it. And there's a lot of others around the league as well that are just as bad. Boston, don't even get me started. But there was a funny funny sequence last night that I'll continue to talk about later in the podcast as well because part of it pertains to Kevin Durant having a rough start to his game, being able to clean it up towards the end. At the end of the third quarter, KD was getting hot, and Tristan Thompson was doing his thing. I think it was three straight offensive rebound putbacks for Tristan Thompson, and each one of them was answered with a Kevin Durant bucket. And the last two were answered with Kevin Durant deep threes. And each one was deeper than the next. The last one was about 38 feet with, you know, three seconds left in the quarter. And their reactions, the Cleveland broadcast team's reactions were hilarious. I'm going to play those for you right now. The roll. Busted by Tristan Thompson. Steve Kerr wanted a basket interference. But the ball was outside the cylinder, and yeah. Tristan's got 15 rebounds. But you know what they do so well, though, Fred? They, they, 
their ball movement is just superb. And, and they make you play the guard the whole floor. Durant knocks one down. He's got 19 now. So there's the first one. Not bad. Uh, KD, if you guys couldn't decipher that, you know, they got the ambient noise turned way up because not many people were at that game last night. But Tristan Thompson has a nice putback. Might have been basket interference, whatever. And then KD comes down, knocks down a little 17-footer. Well, you know, pretty standard. And then on the next trip down, uh, Tristan Thompson does the same thing. He misses his own shot and gets a rebound, and this was their reaction to it. Everybody's down seven. Trying to weather this storm here. Burks against Cook. Nice inside. No, followed up by you know who. How many Tristan Thompsons are out there? All he wants you to do is attack the basket so he can do the rest. That's all you have to do is to go after that. But this young man comes right back. He's starting to heat it up now. Durant with 22. He's got 12 in the quarter. So I might have set that up a little poorly. It was Alec Burks who missed the shot. Tristan Thompson, nice putback. And KD, you couldn't really tell because they were in the middle of, I don't know, being post-coital over a Tristan Thompson putback. KD knocked down about a 28-footer from three. You can tell when the tone changes <laughs> as it happens. And then on the next next uh, next possession, it was a back and forth, back and forth. On the next possession, someone airballs it. Tristan Thompson's there to get it, does a little hook shot, knocks it down, and then KD follows up with, with a shot of his own, and, and this one was my favorite. Finds Clarkson, hand in the face, short, well defended. Thompson somehow got it. Beat the clock and put it down off of rubber rim. Tristan Thompson, a one-man wrecking crew. Yes, he is. He's doing it all by himself. Double T with 11 and 17. Oh, oh my serious. There he goes again. Kevin Durant. <laughs> that was uh, Kevin Durant knocking down about a 38-footer right before the buzzer. Pushed the lead up to 11, I believe. I found it hilarious. I still do. Maybe it's not as good without the visual. I thought you guys might enjoy that, though, because it was a very funny moment in the game, at least for me, because I was stuck listening to Cleveland's broadcast. So I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was hilarious. Hopefully you guys did, too. It uh, If you can't tell, the are you serious is when KD just coolly walked down there, knocked down a 38-footer like he did in two previous finals matchups against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I just wanted to correct something also because I don't know about you guys. I'm one of these people that when I make a, a mistake that I realize it will haunt me for the rest of my life. And I said, we don't take advantage of Fitz and JB as far as how good they are. And maybe I think I meant we don't appreciate how good they are. Uh, so I just had to make sure I said that because I would, you know, be up at 2 a.m. tonight calling myself an idiot, which I'll probably do anyways. But that was the whole point uh, that I was trying to make. Fitz and JB are great. Trust me, I clown Fitz a bunch. I'm sure a lot of other people do too. And there are some things that are over the top about them. But compared to some of the other stuff in the NBA, uh, great tandem. And also a little couple funny moments from, uh, from Cleveland's announced team. Austin Carr and the other guy. Now I feel bad that I don't know his name. That was mean. But in Cleveland, you know, it gets cold. And if you want to stay warm, get yourself some action heat. This episode is sponsored by Action Heat. 
clothing. Action Heat makes the world's best battery heated clothing. Heat on demand and at the touch of a button. Control your environment with Action Heat. Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to a heated car seat. Man, I love those heated car seats. Action Heat can reach levels of up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion battery that will last you up to 12 hours. And you know what? For someone like me whose phone is always dying, can't keep a charge, Action Heat can recharge your clothes or recharge your phone too. And recharge your clothes. What the hell? It's perfect for any friend or family on your birthday or holiday gift list. Great for anyone who works outdoors, skiers, snowboarders, or anyone who just gets cold. We all get cold, man. It's it's friggin' winter right now. It's getting cold out. Action Heat Clothing provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body, including heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, even undergarments, like heated base layer shirts and long johns. You can stay warm and cozy from head to toe in some Action Heat. It's available in men's, women's, and has great new styles and models just released for this winter season. Make winter activities more enjoyable. Hell, just make any activity more enjoyable. If you're cold, get some action heat. Stay toasty and warm, even in the most frigid weather. We've got a special deal for our listeners, too. You can save up to 20% off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on. Or use the coupon code locked on at checkout. Save 20%. Stay toasty and warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat. And I would like to thank them for sponsoring this podcast, which is Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast network what up everybody what up welcome back to locked on warriors i'm your host charles t hamilton i just did a little funny thing about the war or excuse me well i guess the warriors announcers and cleveland's announcers i thought it was funny i hope you did too because one other thing i forgot to mention in the middle of last night's game alfonso mckinney checks back in or checks in excuse me and great to have him back we're going to talk about him in just a second and they say he married Seidel Curry this offseason. Whoops. As you all know, that is not Alfonso McKinney. That is Damian Lee, who married Seidel, Steph's sister. Uh, they did correct themselves about five or ten minutes later, but just another funny... I don't know why the... the <laughs> why is it so hard for people to recognize a quick Google, quick, quick type into the Google machine, Alfonso McKinney, you can learn that he's not... On a two-way contract, he signed a two-year deal with the Warriors. It's non-guaranteed, but trust me, he's going to be here for at least two years. He did not marry Seidel Curry, and you can learn about him playing in Luxembourg and Mexico and all these other places in the three-on-three FIBA team. But instead, people stick with he's on a two-way contract, and he's married to Seidel, and blah, blah, blah. It's not that hard. It's not that hard to to get your your facts straight. So just so we're all clear, Alfonso McKinney, two-year contract, not married to Seidel. Damian Lee, on a two-way contract, married to Seidel. We're back now. Uh, some notes on last night's game. Just want to go over a couple things. Uh, I, I mentioned briefly Alfonso McKinney was back, and it was great to have him back. They need him. His depth is needed. I mean, it's... It's about that simple, but it was also, it's also still just shocking that 
that his depth is needed and he was the guy who was a training camp invite and played in Luxembourg and play and you know bought his paid for his G League tryout and all this stuff. His entire story is incredible, but the fact that he's kind of vital to this team right now and their rotation is absolutely wild. Uh, he was great last night. Great's probably strong, but I was excited to see him back. He did what Alfonso McKinney does. He was two of four from the field, oh of one from three, but did have five rebounds, two of them offensive, and was a plus twenty-two overall. That's not bad. Great to have him back, and great to see that. I I don't know about anyone else out there, but I was wondering. And yes, it's only been one game, but was it just a hot stretch that he had, and then he gets injured and he comes back, and it kind of eh. It's not the case. He does the things that we think he can do. Plays with energy, great athlete. The three-point shot, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll hold off on. I'll wait to see. Can he stick around 40%? If so, that would be incredible. Can he be thirty somewhere between 35 and 40? That would be not as good, but damn good. So I, I believe in him. I believe he is kind of who he showed us he is. Uh, kind of weird to start with Alfonso McKinney, but I just had to because that's just how my brain worked. Steph, obviously, the headliner of the game, ended with 42 points. Man, he was, he was Steph. He was Steph. 42 points, 11 of 20 from the field, was also 9 of 14 from three. And by going 9 of 14 from three, he is officially over 50% from the field. I believe he's 80 of 179. Or excuse me, 80 of 159. Math, I'm not good at. Now I have to check it. Now I have to check it. I, I just I just blew myself. Now I got to check it. It's official. 80 of 159. Hella good at math. Anyone that got my Arrested Development uh, reference right there, shout out to you. Love you guys. Steph Curry is shooting over 50% on 159 threes. That is absolutely incredible. Do I expect it to happen all season long? No, I don't expect it, but am I going to be surprised if he's up around 50 at the end of the year? I sure as hell am not. He's he's doing things that just defy logic. I I, I don't I I I don't have anything really that smart to say about it because it's unprecedented. We've never seen this even in his year when he hit 400. He still is technically on track to hit 400 threes if he plays every single game this year. Or, excuse me, not just 400. He's going to blow out his his entire record. But will he play every single game? Probably not. I just, yeah, there's only so much I can say. Let me talk about the rest of his game because, yeah, 9 of 14 was incredible. 50% on threes. Greatest shooter of all time. What else is there? Nine rebounds, seven assists, one steal. Only two turnovers as well, which is solid for him. He's an underrated rebounder as a as a point guard. I don't know if it's something that he has talked to Quinn Cook about, but Quinn Cook is a better rebounder this year as well. And that's an underrated ability for a guard, specifically a point guard. Seven assists, that's just him doing his thing. It an amazing game from Steph last night, especially at times when there were there were pockets of the game when the team realized they were playing Cleveland, you know, the worst, if not the, at best, second worst team in the league. And so they would let up, and Steph always kept the foot on his foot on the pedal and just 
did Steph Curry things. That's about all I can say. Kevin Durant was good. I mean, look, the the final line on him was 9-16, 4-7 from 3, 10 rebounds, 9 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks. That's damn good. But the problem is it was not good for about two and a half quarters. Steph had 25 in the first half. KD only had 10, and he was 3 of 7 from the field in the first half. While Steph was 8 of 13, 6 of 9 from 3. Jesus. That is good. Uh, As you guys might have heard in the clip I played earlier, they mentioned KD had 15 in the third The clip might have said 12, so it might have been earlier. But he had 15 in the third overall. And the funny part about that is that didn't come till about midway through the third. It's not like he was scorching throughout the the third quarter. He was was struggling. It wasn't great until the third when he starts knocking down mid-range. Three, mid-range, three, three. Just going off. Uh, Doing what KD does. It's pretty incredible that Steph, KD, Clay. There's at least three guys on the team that can really play poor for, you know, 75% of their game. But that 25% that they play well changes everything. Changes everything. And so not only does he deserve, you know, credit or whatever or praise for the good stat line is, or, or the points at least, is he was out there getting boards and dishing. He had nine assists in this game. And in his first two years with the Warriors, KD had 10 10 games with 9-plus assists and 130 played. This year with the Warriors, he's got five games of 9-plus assists and 26 games played. So it's something that I'm sure also helps with the fact that Steph was out, but also something he's worked on. It's something he's getting better at and clearly getting better at and was always good at, but this is where we're seeing the next level of it. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention also was Jonas Jerebko, man. I think the best part of the last four games or so, five games, has been the great play of Jonas Jerebko. I remember Bill Simmons when the Warriors signed Jerebko after the Utah Jazz decided not to pick up his $4.2 million salary. And Bill Simmons tweeted out, what's funny is he's A, he's actually a good bench guy. B, somebody should absolutely claim him. C, nobody will because the NBA is dumb. D, we've seen 20 idiotic free agency overpays already. And somehow Golden State Warriors will get a helpful bench guy for like 15 bucks an hour. And he's right. Bill Simmons watched him in, I mean, Bill Simmons just, you know, an NBA guy. But he watched him in Boston and, and has a good feel for what he can do. And I've been impressed by what Jarebko can do past just shooting threes. He's he's more of a complete player, more well-rounded than I would have expected. 11 points last night, 4 rebounds, 5 assists. And that 5 assists is his highest total in I don't know how many years. But he's been really good these last 4 or 5 games. Over the last 5 games, Jarebko is averaging 10.2 points, 2.2 assists, 5.4 rebounds, and 1.2 of those is an offensive rebound while shooting 50% from three. And we're seeing that he also has more to his game than just these numbers. He can handle a little bit. He can drive a little bit. And something that I've loved seeing over the last couple of weeks, after I mentioned that with the absence of David West, we're seeing a lot less off-ball cutting and cutting to the rim. And we're starting to see that more in the last uh, 
you know, five to ten games, probably less than ten, probably, you know, five to seven games where Jarebko's cutting more, Looney's cutting more, Sean Livingston's being able to find him. Jordan Bell had a nice, nice dish off a cut uh, last night out of the post. Can he do that all the time? Probably not. But we're starting to see it a little more, which has been a staple of this team that we haven't been seeing recently, and I'm glad they're kind of working their way back into it. Uh, Steve Kerr obviously had his postgame press conference interview last night, whatever you call it nowadays, and uh, here's what he had to say on a multitude of topics, including Jarebko, Steph, and the atmosphere in Cleveland. You were all surprised at how quickly Steph has been back to his form and, and they're cooking together? Uh, not really, not really, because uh, we've seen it before where Steph is out with an injury and then comes back and starts lighting it up right away. The guy is, uh, he keeps himself in amazing shape uh, all season, uh, which allows him to come back pretty quickly when there is an injury because he's got a, a really good conditioning foundation. What did you think of the way the Cavs played today? I thought they competed really hard. Uh, first half, they, they knocked down shots. They controlled the whole the whole half and uh, totally outplayed us. And our talent took over in the second half, but I thought they, they really did a good job. There's maybe a little curiosity on how the crowd would respond to you guys. What did you just think of the atmosphere? Uh, it just felt quiet, you know, yeah. from what we're used to. And, and uh, for obvious reasons, you know, it's not it's not the same out there. What did McKinney give you so far? Uh, just great to see him back. He generated a ton of extra possessions for us, uh, scrambling defensively, uh, getting some offensive boards, uh, fighting for loose balls. He, he was uh, he was really good. We've missed him. You were high on Jarebko coming into the year, but has he exceeded your expectations? Uh, I would say he's uh, what we saw the first week of camp um, is what we're seeing right now. And then I think what happened was he wore down um, second week of camp and he had a couple bad exhibition games. He just looked slow. He looked a step behind. And I think everybody was kind of worried. Um, and then once he broke through broke, uh, broke through that barrier conditioning-wise, um, he, uh, he's, he's been great. He's been great all season long. He's aggressive, uh, tough, hell of a rebounder, uh, and he executes offensively. Steve, how rare is it for a player who's missed almost a month like Steph has to come to be able to come back and, and produce at this kind of level? It's pretty rare, but um, Steph is rare in general <laughs> in everything he does. That's Steve on last night's game. A couple of things he said I want to touch on real quick. Uh, just talking about Alfonso McKinney being back. Yes, that's huge. He's been great for them before the injury. Same thing last night, does generate extra possessions for them, does things that are kind of unheralded. I don't want to say goes unnoticed, but if you're not getting buckets, you kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say are forgotten about, but uh, by you know the, the masses, I guess you could say, but uh, if you don't pay attention, you won't get noticed. If, if I'm just box score watching, you know, I wouldn't notice what he does, but he does bring a lot to this team. And then something else he mentioned, obviously the praise for Steph is clear. I mean, how can you downplay what he's been doing? Same thing with KD. But when he mentioned Jarebko, that kind of offers an explanation as to why he looked the way he did in preseason when I was worried. I was like, oh man, we got, you know, another Omri Caspi. 
so apparently Jarebko came out gangbusters first week of training camp, kind of hit a wall, looked bad in some games, and I got worried. I think we all did as far as, okay, great, our you know new bench piece is going to be sitting there with Jacob Evans all year. But once he broke through that, he's been potentially their best bench piece. I think Andre, obviously, when he's locked in in the playoffs, Andre will be that piece. But right now, I got to think it's Jarebko. And speaking of which, and, you know, maybe I'll talk about this more tomorrow because I'm, I'm up against it right now. I brought up Andre. Not a great game for him. And if I'm Steve, I might start looking at giving Sean some of these minutes, Sean Livingston, some of these minutes over Andre at a certain point. And not in the long term, not anything like that. But the bottom line is Sean's been playing better. And I don't know if it's just being locked in effort, if Andre's saving himself for the playoffs, whatever. But Sean's been playing well, man. Sean's been great for them. And I like how I talk about them first name basis. You know, we're all we're all homies. But no, I, I, I do think Sean's been playing better. And I think there are certain situations, maybe some when, when Andre's having a bad game and Sean isn't, maybe you go to Sean in the closing minutes instead of Andre. I don't know. That's just me thinking out loud. Maybe I'll talk about that more tomorrow. But until then, going to take a quick break. Come back. Wrap this thing up for Thursday. You are listening to Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. Charles T. Hamilton. What's good? Just finished talking about the Warriors stomping of the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, I'm not going to get to it. I'm not going to get to it. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. Just thinking out loud, as I normally do. It's like having an inside joke with someone and putting it out on air, and no one gets it. And I'm just going even further. No one cares. League pass picks for tonight. Slow night. Only three games. None of them really that good. I mean, Jazz and Rockets, kind of, just because... I don't know. They're two teams right around 500. Rockets are 11 and 12. Jazz are 12 and 13. Neither are as good as we thought they'd be this year. Suns and Trailblazers, Knicks and Celtics. Those are the only three tonight. Uh, I do enjoy watching the Trailblazers. The Suns, when they play well, are entertaining. Celtics, Knicks. I don't. I don't care. I don't care. Celtics aren't themselves. Knicks are bad. You know. That's all I got. So watch whatever games you want. You know what I mean? Watch whatever you want. I'll tell you what, dude. The Rockets, last thing, are not fun to watch. Even when they were great, it's not fun to watch ISO basketball for 48 minutes. So you know what? Screw that. We're not watching any games tonight. I mean, we'll watch them, but none of them are my picks. So everyone have a good night. I will be back tomorrow with more Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can't climb a mountain. If it's smooth, right? You gotta go over the rough spots. <laughs> you are Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.